Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Cavs. Evan's out today, so I've got a fun guest, Robbie Callen, sliding through. He's taking a break from obsessing over the Odell Beckham stuff uh, because he's somehow a Browns fan uh, who's from the South and uh, just wild shit. But today's episode is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Serving communities since 1965, they've always been more than just a place to get affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. We're loving it. And... Uh, just remember, thanks for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Robbie, how are you, buddy? Thanks for coming on. We're, I'm glad to finally get you on the show. If people don't know, they should know you from back from a ton of different places all over the internet. But right now, you're one of the lead dudes over at Dime, one of my editors over there, helping run that excellent, excellent website that people should go check out. But how are you, man? What's going on? I'm too good, man. It's uh, you know we're finding the footing early in the season. This is uh, it, it's an interesting time of the year for me because like. I'm very much a I like to get a month into the season before I really try to like formulate any any hard takes, uh, which makes you know the content game a little tough because I'm I'm trying not to like overreact to two weeks of the season uh, and write like definitive like this you know this is a thing or this is not a thing this team's good this team like still trying to trying to kind of feel my way around the association and 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 poke in and try to get check ins on on as many teams as I can, uh, from a national perspective. And, and, uh, so that's, that's kind of where we're at. Um, but you know, it's always fun because new season, some surprising teams, Cavs looking good is, uh, one of the, the pleasant surprises of the early season. And it's been fun to watch. So, uh, you know, I watched their game against Portland, checked in on them a, a few times in the fourth quarter as they've been in close games. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, Fun early start to the season. Uh, eventually, the scoring will pick up too. Yeah, uh, I know that's been a, a topic everywhere. That'll yeah. fix itself. But um, yeah, you know, we're we're good. We're grinding and uh, excited to talk some Cavs here. Yeah. So right now, Cavs are five and four. They're over five hundred, as Robbie alluded to. They just beat Portland uh, to get above five hundred. Right now, they've kind of improved in terms of their projections. It's not like a massive jump, but let's say the 538 model, for instance, had them as a 1% chance playoff team that has w- jumped up to a whopping 4%, which, you know, not into, hey, we'll, we'll take it uh, on pace for a 31 win season. And they're they're kind of going here. So, Robbie, you we were talking before, and one of the things you alluded to was just the fact that the Cavs are having these weird fourth quarters. They've played some tight games. They've obviously, you know, Kevin Love's out right now with, and so is marketing two key guys in the rotation due to the health and safety protocols. Uh, Darius Garland missed two games earlier in the year. They're throwing out a bunch of different lineups, but they've kind of had to muck through fourth quarters. And like last night when I, with the Blazers game, like the reason they won that game, it felt like was because the defense did just enough late. You had the Jaron Allen switch at the end of that game to, to prevent Dame from hitting that dagger three. So to you. What has stood out from the team so far, and, and what what do you have to what what do you what do you make of just the fourth quarter offensive stuff we've seen? Yeah, I mean, like I think for me, I, I kind of like teams like this that are these young teams that are kind of trying to figure it out. They're really interesting to watch um, because 
there are times where it just looks like they have no idea what they should be doing and like what they they haven't figured out what their go-to is. Like uh, that Portland game, they ran like four straight Jared Allen spinning hook post-ups. And like, I don't think that's the best offense, but like, I, I kind of dig that they're trying, like he made one and they're like, we'll just keep going to it. Like, let's, right, let's go. Right. Like, we'll try. Like, I like these teams in this spot because they're trying anything they can. They're trying to see what sticks. They're trying to figure out kind of who they are um, and, and what is going to to be their identity. And I always love that because, you know, it's 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 a fun time to watch a team um, and you get to learn a lot and they're learning a lot. I mean, you mentioned they're, they're throwing a lot of uh, lineups out there and, and weird combinations. And part of that is the health. And, and part of that's just like I think that's just going to be what this team is kind of all year is try at least the first couple months of the season even if they were healthy i think you know bickerstaff and and his guys would just be trying to piece together different groups because you're in you're in a constant evaluation mode if you're the Cavs right now i think if you're talking about what their offense is doing it's like okay like we kind of know if we really are in the bottom maybe we can go to colin you know try to try to create something but like what actions are we going to be able to run what can evan do and where can he be in these crunch time moments? Do we want him, you know, outside and letting Jared Allen work inside? Do we want to put him more in pick and roll action? And, and kind of how do we deal with the fact that the spacing can get a little mucked up with with our big guys? And like, it, I I like watching that, and it's not always pretty. And I'm sure it's frustrating as hell for Cavs fans sometimes because you're watching these guys in the fourth quarter and you're going, you know, like why why can't we get a basket to put it away? Because like that Portland game was one of those nights where you're just like, you see Dame starting to kind of maybe find his stroke and you're like, you see the, the, the Blazers chipping away at this lead and you're like, guys, we need a bucket. Um, but at the same time, like I, I like the way the Cavs, they don't ever seem rattled. Like they don't necessarily know what they should be doing in terms of like, this is our go-to set, but like they don't ever seem to get rattled and they don't let offensive issues dictate how they're playing defensively and i think that's really an important step for a young team that that you know you can probably speak to what wasn't always the case no i i think like i had like i have I, i've like kind of thought a lot about like wondering what this team might look like if like kenny atkinson was running the offense and it was that kind of offense where the ball's moving more and it's mm -hmm. much there's a much clearer offensive identity than what jb has because like as you mentioned like it was a lot of jared allen um, post-ups in that game. That's not like, you know, efficient in the flow of a normal game, but it was just kind of working. And he's just like, okay, I'm just right. going to pick this option and go hammer it. Like Ricky Rubio is bringing up the ball at the end of that game. Like it wasn't like they, they gave it to Darius and even gave him a chance to create in that way. Or, you know, Colin even um, like they were just like, okay, we're going to do this one thing and we're going to try and just muck up enough baskets to get through it. Right. And like you, it's it's a little frustrating because I think you would have the per like Evan Mobley hasn't passed in the way that I think he's like there's potential for him to do. Um, Rubio obviously like you know savvy veteran all that stuff. You know last night wasn't even like his best game, but they're like okay, we're gonna trust him late and, and just kind of sure. figure this out. I think it's interesting to see them just kind of have to like figure out what they are in real time because a you I mean loves out marketing's out right. Okoro has missed a bunch of games with a hamstring injury. But then, like, last night, it's like, okay, like, he decided, okay, I have to play – I'm going to still play, like, eight guys, but Dylan Windler's going to get a chance, and Jetty Osmond has kind of gotten himself out of the doghouse after a really bad year last year. 
both of them played really well last night. And it's like, okay, they're providing something you clearly need. Like this team is like just dying for like a Josh Hart level wing, you know, like they're just like dying for like (laughs) one dude who's like six, five to six, seven. (laughs) And like, can like shoot some threes and like, they just need one of them. And if they have two of them pop up, like that's great. And like, like everything's just a little funky, right? Like the, yeah. the roster construction is funky. Like marketing as a three is not, I, I, what do you think of that? Because I'm not high on it. It does. Like, I think, I think it is go- the dam is going to break at some point. Like I think teams are going to yeah. adjust and like wreck it, but it hasn't yet. And they're like, like they were a top 10, they're like a top 10 defense or something. Absolutely insane like that. Yeah, I, look, I, they kind of did this last year too, right? Where like the first, what, 10, 20 games of the season, the Cavs were like a, a the, competent it was, top it was half like, defense? It was like Andre Drummond and Larry Nance like deflecting every single yeah. pass that came into the paint and then they would like just collect those passes and then they'd like, all right, well, I guess we're going to post Drummond on the other side of the, the floor now. And like that <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah, so like, it, and, you know, it's funny. It's like we, we came in this year. We're like, okay, like they got rid of Larry Nance and they replaced him with Lori Mark. And then like this is going to be a disaster defensively. And then here we are again, you know, 10 games in. And we're talking about how the Cavs are surprisingly pesky defensively. And like, again, maybe it gets figured out. Um, and, and like you said, like, I don't know, like, like, like Mobley covers up for a lot, right? Like he is Mobley, I like that. Yeah. already kind of special on that end like you are looking at a guy who like when he switches out like i was watching last night and dame's trying to take him in iso he had that late block on dame Mm -hmm. and it was like these dudes are gonna learn like that's not the advantage like you're not trying to get that switch you know in in crunch time like that's not the winning formula is like we're gonna get evan on an island like that's not the one you know like pick anybody else but yeah so i mean you 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 have a guy who's kind of able to make up for a lot of the errors of of the other guys and and i think it also when you pair him and laurie he can take some of the pressure off of you know okay you can kind of hide hide laurie a little bit better but Look, I mean, like, if you don't have the guy out there that can space the floor, like, maybe maybe it's all right to have him play in the three sometimes. I, the the deal never made a lot of sense to me. I didn't like the addition from the jump of bringing Markin in, especially at that price. Like, I, it just wasn't something I thought was uh, a great move given the roster construct already. But if you're going to have this guy and you're going to play him, like, you, you have to play – Evan and you have to play Jarrett like that he's gonna have to play some three you might as well give it a run early and see where it works and see kind of what what can stick but um I think a lot of it comes down to, to to Evan being able to cover a lot of issues yeah let's talk more about Evan after the break first though uh we're gonna pay some bills here and first gotta tell everyone about our friend's at mcdonald's mcdonald's obviously has been serving communities since 1965 they've been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect it's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable wi-fi and an endless supply of french fries and mcflurries win or lose it's a place where teammates competitors the home team or the away team can come to recharge it's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel as a kid, I would play Little League Baseball, and my dad and I would go to the McDonald's in my hometown and, like, eat a cheeseburger, eat a have a Coke, because the, the McDonald's Coke is, like, just it's scientifically – it's, it's scientifically proven to be better than any other Coke in the world. And, like, 
it's just McDonald's is a staple. Um, you know, you drive through anywhere and you need to stop somewhere to get a quick bite to eat or use the bathroom, get a get a coffee or or get a coke to get that caffeine in your system. You go to New McDonald's. Look, McDonald's is the place to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Lockdown Cavs watch party? Maybe we'll do that at McDonald's. I'm loving it. Just hanging out at McDonald's, crushing some 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 twenty pieces. There you go. Also, also got to tell you about our friends at Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James LeBron James? the king it's sleep that's right sleep is his superpower calm the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed with lebron james to help you activate the power of sleep uh when they come to physical fitness when it comes to that we forget mental fitness and lebron has teamed up with calm to really emphasize that for lebron it is a critical part of his mental fitness routine as he says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things i can do for my body and my mind from the sound of rain falling on the leaves to bedtime sleep stores, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means he I wake up for any challenge and quote. So go to calm.com slash locked in NBA for a limited time and you'll get 40% of Calm premium membership. Again, at limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked in NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked in NBA. That's calm.com. So it's locked in NBA. All right, back here with Robbie Callen. Robbie, let's talk about Evan Mobley a little more because I, when I saw him at Summer League, I was like, okay, this is clearly not the environment where like Mobley is going to succeed. It's just like it's, it it's, never is. It's built for like Jalen Green to shoot lots of shots and for that to be the. It's model. always a guard. It's always a guard place. And yeah. I, I, you have to kind of like remind fans of that, like on both sides. Like, okay, like don't get necessarily too high on the, you know, like on ball guys and don't get too low on the big guys. Cause it's just a bad place for them. Yes. That said, I think it's either him or Scotty Barnes that has been the best rookie in the league so far. And I think for the Cavs, I don't think you can be happier than what you've gotten from him so far. He's been awesome on defense. He showed some flashes of playmaking. Um, he, he should have had a three pointer last night, but he had his freaking foot on the line. He, like he's, he's got a, Got to just get that spacing right, my dude. Just take a half an inch back and it's a three. Um, like, he's played as well as you could hope. And it's, like, it's kind of crazy to me that, too. Like, he's played 40 minutes a couple times. Like, he's playing heavy minutes. And I don't love that. Sure. I, I think that's, like, a short-term, like, thing that I understand if you're, like, really worried about your rotation. But I'm, like, long-term for the even just this season, I'm, like, let's space out a little bit. Like, just, you know, like, yeah. you got to play the long game here as he's acclimating. And he, so he looked to me a little bit tired. Um, you know, against Portland so far, nine games right. for him, 33.8 minutes a night. He's averaging, um, let's look here because so he is averaging to 1.1 steals per game. He is averaging 2.3 assists, 1.3 blocks, 13.3 points, 8.2 rebounds, shooting uh 49% from three and 20 per, 49% from the field, excuse me, and then 20% from three on one on about one attempt a game. I think he's been awesome. What, what have you thought of Mobley so far? I mean, like, like, like you said, like, I don't think you can ask for a whole lot more from a guy in his first nine games as he gets acclimated to to playing in the NBA. I mean, you you dropped him in, and and what were the things that everybody talked about coming in? And that's always my thing is like, is a guy doing what he's supposed to? And he's supposed to be a a, a great defender um, and someone who could immediately impact on that end. And and he's doing that. I mean, we've seen it. Um, like I said, I think the, the, the best example ha has been some of these times where he's gotten switched out on guards and you see the value 
in his fluidity of movement, um, his length and ability to disrupt shots uh, on the perimeter and as guys try to drive by him. And it's just a rare combination of athleticism and understanding of what guys are trying to do for a young guy that makes him genuinely special on that end. And I think if you're the Cavs, you have to be thrilled about that. The offensive stuff is, 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 was the question initially, right? Like that was the thing coming in that you said, okay, like what exactly is going to be his role? And and also what's his ceiling on that end? And that's obviously going to be a long-term question. Um, But like you already know, all right, if we can get him in some pick and roll and get him moving downhill, he's a great lob threat. Um, You can stash him in the dunker spot. He can come over and help on the offensive glass or as a weak side kind of bailout option. Um, If the help comes, the shooting is obviously a big swing skill. That's the type of thing that can take him from a really good starter to all-star, all-NBA type level guy. Um, and that's going to be a work in progress. Like that's something that you're just going to have to wait and see as to what he can be. But I think if you're talking about what he's been early on, it's just a solid defensive presence for a team that desperately needs that. Um, a team that doesn't necessarily have the greatest point of attack options or wing options, but he gives you some of that versatility to kind of get you around that like if you have a switchable guy who can bother pick and roll in a league that's so pick and roll heavy like that can that can take away a lot of um the disadvantage that you might have from having smaller guards who aren't as good at navigating pick and roll if you can just be like evan go go get him you know and then like you have smart people like jared allen on the back end who can kind of help get you back in the right position but having that guy, you can just kind of run out there. Like he's been, he's been spectacular. And there's gonna be times where he, you know, tries to do too much because he's, you know, so incredibly athletically gifted. He's gonna chase some blocks. He's gonna get himself out of position on occasion. Um, but for the most part, like he, he's been really good defensively. Offensively, you can see where he's already a capable player, which is I think mostly pick and roll and kind of off ball. Um, in the dunker spot in, in that area. And then it's how do we continue to give him the touches to feel more comfortable as a shooter, feel more comfortable as an on ball option because he does have a face up game. He does have some of that stuff, but it, it's very raw. And I think that's the balancing act uh, for, for JB going forward. And like you said, I think part of that is maybe trying to limit his minutes to touch, because like you said, you want him to be fresh um later in the season because we know the rookie wall exists and we know it's mm-hmm. going to come and 34 minutes a night might be a bit much uh for him but you also understand it because like you sometimes you can't help it when you're in a close game but to play your best lineups and he makes them he makes their best defensive lineups almost by himself him and him and well, Jarrett. yeah well, it's like you can't play. The reason Markkinen can play the three nominally is because you have Evan Mobley, yeah, and because you have Jared. It's that doesn't work if you have like Kevin Love <laughs> playing the four. Because like what all they're doing right now basically is like okay, if if a team with a wing tries to run up a screen and Mar- Markkinen's defending that guy, they're saying okay, we are not Mark Larry Markkinen should not be running through screens and trying to get over screens. He is not built for that, right? No. So we're gonna just switch it. We're just gonna like the the big is gonna the, we have these two nimble bigs that we have are just gonna move their feet and they're gonna step in front of them and we're gonna play that game. And it's interesting to me to think of Mobley as as how JB's empowered him because it's so clearly like fully empowered on defense. Mm-hmm. 
and the offensive stuff, like there's there's little dabbles of it, but it's JB's not. I don't, a, I don't think JB's wired to just like be like a like a zany creative offensive coach. I don't think sure. that's like his DNA. But he's not. He's he, the 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 buildup of mobile and offense is much more careful. It is much more like you're going to fill a role and work off of these other guys we have, and then in time, let's see if they like give him some touches at the elbow. Let's see if they give him more baseline mm-hmm. touches because like he's, he's better than I would have thought considering how skinny he is mm-hmm. at like posting because he just goes, he doesn't like try to load up and back a guy down. Right. He's just like, I'm seven feet and quick. I'm just going to go <laughs> yeah. like, like he needs like a, like, I'd be mean, like, I mean, tell me like you're a college football guy. Like what, what college football program should Evan Mobley go to and just get jacked one summer? Like he needs to just go somewhere and just like tons of protein and be in the weight room with like some, some offensive linemen somewhere like that. Call, like that, call Scott Cochran, call Scott Cochran. <laughs> He'll get him right. Um, down in Athens. Uh, yeah. I mean like the, the thing, the thing that I like about that though, is like this wasn't a guy who was expected to come in and dominate offensively. So I think it yes, alleviates yes. it alleviates some of the pressure on the coaching staff because I don't think the fan expectation was like this guy's going to score twenty a night. You know, like I, I think there was mm-hmm. a recognition that that's not going to be his game, and so I think it actually helps to yeah, be able to say, right. Right. "You're just this right now, and this is all we're going to ask you to do." Because, like you said, this is a Cavs team still trying to figure out what they want to do offensively, but so much of it is driven by those two guards, right? So much of it is we're trying to figure out how Darius and Colin work together. And and we're still figuring that out. And we're still figuring out how that works best and not getting the extension with, with Colin done, obviously made, made for some interesting fodder, but that was never going to get done if he wasn't going to get the max. Um, But it's still possible that he's here beyond this year. And for, 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 some years to come, like it's not like a done deal that he's out of here. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have to worry about, are we getting Evan enough touches? Then don't like, just say, get your touches in the flow. And we're still trying to figure out how Garland and Sexton work together. We're still trying to figure out how we get marketing in the right spots where we can maximize what he does best, which is offensively. And you want him, if he's going to be on the floor, like he's got to be involved offensively, right? Like you can't have Markinen out there doing nothing on either end of the floor because like, why are you paying him, right? Like you've got to figure out how to get him involved when he's out there. Um, And so I think it's nice to be able to say like, put Evan's offensive development in game on the back burner a little bit, let him get comfortable in what we are going to ask him to do mostly. And then you can find those times when maybe he's out there with the bench unit and you can say, okay, like we're going to put him with Ricky and, you know, we know Ricky can get him into the right spot, you know, and he's going to feed him and and get him moving, um, you know, maybe in a secondary action after he's already moving, put the ball in his hands there. So he's not just creating out of the standstill because that's not his game. And, And I think it helps to have, um, it helps to have lower expectations on that end for a young guy because I think the conversation about him would be different right now if people had thought coming in he was supposed to be the guy on that end, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's absolutely right. I th- and I think you'll see him like once he adds weight, mm-hmm. once the, the roster, we'll see how the roster evolves over time too. Like he's going to get empowered on that end. I think sure. you're exactly right about the infrastructure. All right, one more break. We'll come back. Talk about what the Cavs, I guess, sort of are in some bigger picture way. But first, got to tell everyone about our friends at Bill Bar. Look, 
Robbie, I, I don't know. I love Thanksgiving. There's all the good food. There's the treats and there's plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but you're worried about keeping your calories and your sugar intact. Maybe you just ran a 5K and you just like don't want to, you know, eat a bunch of pie. I mean, I mean, but look, that's the perfect time for Bill Bars. Bill Bar is the new holiday dessert for for people that want a little something healthier. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. You know, replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Bill Bar, or get a raspberry Bill Bar instead of that raspberry pie. You could replace lots of good flavors to replace any pie. These are low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein bars covered in 100% chocolate. And they're just a great option if you're hungry. Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough for you. If it's not coming soon enough and you need a snack, just go for a built bar or maybe two. Share some with your family gatherings. Share some with your friends. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So check the site and their social often. Look, and there's nothing like built bar Black Friday. So mark that calendar because Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 50% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, Robbie, last segment. Where do you want to go? Do you want to, like, what What would interest you? Is Do you want to talk about sex land? Do you want to talk about how good this team actually is? Do you want to talk about, um, like, you know, I, do you want to talk about Kevin? Like, what, what do you want to do? What what intrigues you that we haven't covered already? Well, I think I think the long term view is interesting here because, like, this is a team that's kind of over overperformed to expectation through nine games at five and four. Like, I don't think a whole lot of people expected that. Um, but this is also a team that that was in the five hundred realm early last year, and then eventually it, it, it tapered off. And so, I, I guess my question to you would be: at this point, having seen what we've seen. Like, what is defining success for this Cavs team for you on a, on a full season basis? Because that's something that, that for me, from a national perspective, I think coming into the season it was see what the young guys are, continue to see some steps taken from, from Darius and, um, and Colin, and, and hopefully Okoro uh, can get on the floor and do that as well. And I think it was so focused on development, but like what would represent a successful season in terms of results combined with that at this point. Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. So I, I think if you're talking about like locally, like among other people, at least let's say other people I talk about the Cavs with, I'm probably a tad bit lower than other people mm-hmm. because I, I, there, so they're over under is at 26 and a half. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought the under might've been a smart bet because like, it's a really young team. Sure. It's still a weird year. It's a weird roster. They've gotten off to a better start like than I could have imagined. Like they had a five game West Coast road trip early in the year right. and they came out the other side looking really well. Like that's surprising to me in a lot of ways. And I, I think there is some kind of regression on some of this stuff coming just because like I think again, some teams are gonna figure out the the three big lineup. Mm-hmm. They're gonna exploit the lack of a wing and like you know, I, I'm a big Okora believer, but at some point, like, you know, he's got to be able to shoot if you're going to play him as many minutes as he played as a rookie. And, you know, if they have an injury to like Garland or if, you know, if Mobley gets hurt or Allen gets like if one of if they have one guy at certain spots gets hurt. And this is the case for a lot of teams. But if like one of the guys misses seven, eight games with like a high ankle sprain, the construction of the roster gets a little dicey to like right. kind of figure out. It'll be very patchwork. I tend to think that like they this team can maybe I think can compete for a play in tournament spot if they're if they're close. I think how they stack up ultimately with like Toronto who they play Friday with Charlotte who they've played twice and are one and one against mm-hmm. the Wizards um, who they play next week like that class of teams in the East to me will be interesting because if the, if they can do well against those teams and prove themselves to be like 
ahead of Orlando uh, and ahead of Detroit in terms of like the East. And even if they end up finishing 12th mm-hmm. or 13th, but they're like clearly like a little bit advanced above those teams to me, that's success. And I also think you just need to figure out like who is, who matters to your success this year, right? right? Like there are certain parts of this where it's like, you're going to lean. You can tell that JB wants to lean on Rubio because he's like, I need to win games. We need right. to improve. And Ricky is going to like do some stuff that we just need people to do. But like this is a massive year for Sexton because like he has a con- he's due a contract and that negotiation is going to be one of the big points of emphasis next offseason. Yep. Darius Garland is extension eligible after this year and like he there he has to have a big year if he's going to get the kind of money he wants and have the kind of role he wants yeah. and as a former top five pick like you know you've paid Jared Allen um, you're never going to be a, a they're not they're the way things are set up they're also just not going to be like a cap space team like sure. they're the, as Kevin Love comes off the books some of these extension comes due and you have to like advance in some way. And like, I don't know if this is a group that's going to be comfortable. Like, you know, if they just let the money go and then like draft high again and go, I don't think they want to build that way. It doesn't strike me as a team. They want to just keep slowly inching up that ladder yeah. and, and see where that can get them. Um, I, I think they're better than I thought. And I think we're starting to, I think it's very clear that a Evan Mobley is really good. And unless this is like just a fluke start to his career, you have your star. And I think it's about figuring out the rest of it. And if you can get to, you know, fighting for a play, and, like if you're still in at the very minimum playing contention in like March, mm-hmm. I think that I, that would be such a massive step forward. And that's not like right. fun for people because they're like want to say like, oh, we made the playoffs, like whatever. And like you could see a situation where like ownership gets a little like antsy and is like this wasn't good enough and like try like that's like what that's like the thing here. It's like we have very little understanding right now of like what ownership sort of thinks of where right. things are at. I mean, like Kobe Altman is the longest term general manager in the Dan Gilbert era, which is like an absolutely absurd fact. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense, but it, it's true. And like like he almost didn't get the job because now Portland Trailblazers head coach Chauncey Billups was the guy they wanted Dan Dan Gilbert wanted for the job. And then he didn't want to live in Cleveland. So like, (laughs) it's just this very like bizarre organization in a lot of ways, but like, they're like on the cusp of something. I just don't think we know what it is. And that's like part of the fun of this year. And if it gets to a place where like Garland, like you're like, okay, sex land is good enough for us. We can pay Colin like a good, decent amount of money, but not a ton Mm -hmm. of, a ton of it. We'll extend DG and Mobley's a star and Allen and him are really good for right now. We'll worry about their fit in two years. We can massage the rest of the roster a little bit. Maybe you can make, maybe there's some kind of trade you can make to upgrade on like the Jetty Osmond minutes or whatever. Right. Like there's a function to being like this, this team can be like a, a lower, like a six to like 10 East team for a couple, like next year, I think if things kind of progress in the right way, but we don't know if it's going to get there. Yeah. And I, I'm always I'm always interested in that perspective of like what makes success for teams in this in this realm because I, I, there are always such varying degrees of like there are folks who are like if you're not going to be actually in the playoff hunt like you should be going for the highest pick possible but th- there is value after a few years of doing that I think in trying to show those steps of progress and especially in what seems to be a draft class coming up that isn't necessarily crazy top heavy um, from, from what I, I understand. I'm not a draft guy nope. from the smart West time from come on, but from the smart draft people that I follow, like it seems like a adequate, but not crazy good draft. So like, he, there's not like a guy at the top that you, you would obviously want. And there are teams that are already way ahead of you on the tank race in Orlando and Houston and OKC and those teams. Um, 
But I, I think what's interesting for me is going to be, like you said, like what are the pieces looking like around, uh, around what, you know, it's interesting after years of drafting in the backcourt, that's still the question, but it feels like you have the front court figured out for a little bit now, right? With, with Jarrett mm-hmm. and, and Evan, like you're like, okay, like we, we, we got this part figured out and it's still yeah. trying to figure out if it's Darius and Colin together. It's still figuring out should one of those guys take the lead? Should we maybe try to move on from the other? It's still well, it's I think it's kind of clear that they've decided that Darius should have the ball in his hands more. Yes. I think that is one of the things that is like he missed two games and Colin has had like Colin to his credit has I think had a good start to the year. Mm-hmm. The the game he had against the Blazers, shout to uh, my buddy Kevin Stango to who gave me the stat. First time in his career he had twenty plus points on thirteen or fewer shots. Like yeah. he's fine. He's like finding ways to get better. Like he and the work ethic stuff with him is is like very real. Go yeah. read Martin Rick our uh, our Martin Rickman's featured up rocks from last year. If you want more on Colin, he's an interesting guy. But like, like I mean, I I I think Darius is good. I just mm-hmm. like, but you could cut, like if you told me right now that you don't know what you think of him, I don't I don't I don't think that's unreasonable. Is sort of the thing here, even though like they're clearly yeah. saying like Darius take the ball, shoot more. Be more creative, like do stuff. Like it's clear that they're trying that in some way. Well, yeah, and I think that's part of it is like they kind of know that the clock is ticking quickly on like we got to make a decision on this guy because the thing with clutch in particular is they tend not to do extensions if they're not max. And that's going to be something really interesting for Cavs fans to watch for is clutch doesn't do these rookie extensions for under max money typically. Um, So – like, are you giving Darius a max extension? I I mean, I don't think you can. And I don't think you can. And, but no. again, you you go into this year and you try that. And that I, I did like what you said about how JB's in an interesting spot because I think he feels pressure to win to justify his continued position. Yeah. But also, the organization should probably want him to peel back on some of the, the Ricky stuff late in games, right? And say, like, we need to figure out – Darius can do that stuff because there is upside to doing that. There is a chance that he could lift the ceiling of the team late in games, but obviously Ricky is the floor raiser of the group because yeah. he's much safer. Well, like the, the, aside from the Jared Allen switching on Dame thing, the play that stuck out to me was from that Blazers game was Darius hit that deep three mm-hmm. where he created it by himself basically and took a deep pull up three and he yep. made it at the end of the third quarter. That's a shot he's been hinting at his whole career. And he's finally like looks like he's got the legs under him to kind of make it. And like if that's a shot he can add to his offensive arsenal, like that that's a big deal. Yeah. That's like like because he doesn't have like the like the athleticism Ja has. He doesn't have mm-hmm. like the downhill like brute force that like some other young really good guards have. He ha- he's got to be a little craftier. He's got to be a shot maker. And like that's the kind of thing he needs to do. And like, look, Ricky might not be in the team by the trade deadline. Like right. it's possible. They could be like, look, like we want to, some Showcase. teams offering us a first, yeah. we're just going to do it. And like Kevin Pangos will be playing back a point guard. Like, yeah. you know, like that, like that, that's not out of the realm of possibility, or he's just going to leave him for agency. If he doesn't want to stick around, he wants to go like play for like a title as like a backup on the Clippers or something right. like that. Like that is a very realistic scenario. Um, it's just like such a weird, like I don't envy them as like a team that has to figure out what it is. Cause I think that's really hard to kind of do. Mm-hmm. And there's not like an incentive to just like, like I, I find like what Memphis has done is like a point of comparison, like kind of somewhere. Cause it's very clear. They have like a star guy. Yes. 
and they paid. They're just going to give Ja the money. They were careful with the Jaron money. They haven't committed a ton of money elsewhere. I think that's like a, a way to do it if you're a mid-market team, if you can figure out how to do that and, and thread that line. Yeah. And you look at, I think Charlotte's another good example because look, my, they, the number they threw some there for Miles Bridges, another clutch client, was $60 million. Yeah. And like that was like, they obviously weren't going to take that. Yes. Um, He's going to get, if he keeps what he's doing now, he's going to get a lot more money. He's going to get a lot more money. And it's like, it wouldn't shock me if like that is how, as you, as you alluded to, like it would not shock me if like that is what happened to it there. So like, he might have a year four breakout. We'll we'll roll the dice on that and, and go for it. Like it yeah, wouldn't shock me. And you're fine. And you're fine paying the money if that happens. You know, mm-hmm. I mean the the that was the Hawks with John Collins. Like they had throw they threw four ninety out. Um, John had another great year, and they came back to him with with one twenty five. You know, he's he wasn't able to find a max deal out there, but you kind of work with it. And so, I what I would say is like I guess to wrap this up is like you said. Yeah. I think. It is all about figuring out what you have. Um, I think it is giving giving Darius a little more slack late in games, a little more opportunity because, like, like you said, like he is the one guy on this team that has that creative ability that can be a separator for teams. Like you have to have somebody that can go get that bucket when things get late in the clock and when things get in you know they're taking away your first action like that's what teams do in the fourth quarter and that's why the Cavs offense in the fourth quarter right now has been so kind of stuck in the mud is it's one thing to be able to just run your stuff and be in that first action for the first three quarters but in the regular season teams don't really ramp it up until the fourth quarter and that's when you see okay we're going to take away this and this because you want to do that how do you score from there? And that's the next step of figuring out how to win. And the fact that they've got five wins and that they haven't necessarily figured that out is a really nice start to the season and kind of, I think, eases some of the stress on it. But it is going to be the interesting thing to figure out. And I, I think that starts with um, Darius and, and Colin to an extent and continue to see if there's more steps for both of them to take. Um, but the depth is obviously going to be a concern all year. You're playing guys a lot of minutes. Um, that's going to eventually rear its head. But I think this is a year just, you know, to to for Cavs fans to, to enjoy this portion where you're playing well and to enjoy the fact that you do seem to have a guy in in, in Mobley that you're not you're not worried if he's gonna be a dude. Mm-hmm. Like it's what what tier he ends up at, that's the question. But it's got to feel nice after, what, three straight kind of ups and downs rookie seasons with Colin and Darius and, and Isaac to finally feel kind of early on pretty solid already. Like you just celebrate the win when you get one. Well, and just compared to the last three years, which obviously there was the pandemic, which yes. was made everything weird. Last year was weird because, A, was the not post-pandemic year, but like they crushed in a 72-game season. Yes. Everything was still weird. There's been the Kevin Love stuff. I mean, lest we forget, it's not that long ago that John Beeline was the head coach of this team. Like, we're not that far removed from things being very weird. And so far, it's early. This is an organization that historically has not always been normal. Like, they're not, exa- I don't exactly like, <laughs> like count them as among the teams that is like normal and like, like does things in a way that is sustainable and like competent. Like, right. 
this is the most normal feeling like we're actually like doing things correctly calf season i can remember in like a long time because like the lebron years it's like you're just signing up for chaos and it's worth it because you have lebron james and like no matter what happens you might win a title and they did win a title and you put up with that because it's worth it right right like other than that like i can't tell you the last time i felt like there was a calf season that was like actually like a normal thing to cover like the the first the Kyrie era was in the first kind the first pre lebron Kyrie years were weird like Dan Waiters, who called his Cavs jersey legendary on Instagram today. It's incredible shit. Can't believe it. My king. Um, like, they they like had to say they didn't fight each other. They brought back Mike Brown. <laughs> like, Andrew Bynum was on the team. Like, they brought in Spencer Hawes, and he was, like, the first pick-and-pop big man that, like, Kyrie ever played with, and it made a difference. Like, these are things that ha- – like, Wayne Ellington and Mo Spates, God bless Mo Spates, like, came in and were, like, a bench mob for a couple Mo months. Buckets. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mo Buckets, like – almost then like was like in playing against the Cavs in the finals like it's this is very weird run and it's like they finally just got to a point where it's like okay we have a maybe the kind of boring head coach but he's good with the players and he knows what he's doing we have Evan Mobley Jared Allen is good Kevin Love is like not throwing a fit and he's like being a competent basketball what a win what a win Ricky Rubio is like doing Ricky Rubio things like like you're 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 doing enough where it's like Jetty Osmond has went from being one of the worst players in the league last year to being like oh he's a competent wing again he's like a competent his rotation now, guy that's, that's yeah he's love that like that's a win like you there's these little things that have gone right for them that they just haven't ever had and if that sustains in any way if like this is seventy five percent of the normalcy we're gonna get that's like the most normal calf season that I've had since I was like ever alive enjoy it. Uh, one, I, I don't think I've ever been able to tell the story because I don't have a place for it. But uh, Kyrie, early Kyrie years, rookie second year, something like that. Yeah, I was at I was at the Hawks game courtside, working for Hawks.com. I was seeing courtside for the for the first time he ever didn't score in a game. Oh boy, I don't know if you remember that game. I do. Uh, he did not score. He was like zero for eight. He was awful, and he played like thirty minutes. Like he was awful, and. It was, I think it was a Sunday afternoon game, and you could like feel the alcohol coming off of all of the Cavs players. Like you could just like the hangover was palpable courtside. Uh, yeah. Um it was great. It was, you know, so that's that's yeah. a fun Cavs memory I have from yeah. the pre-LeBron Kyrie era. Um there, was, there is a was I watching will... a young team enjoy Atlanta for the first time. Yeah, yeah, you know who? who yeah, what NBA player doesn't love Atlanta? Um, I will. I'm gonna put this in the. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm gonna put this in the dime slack when we finish this. Um, there's a picture of Kyrie from like maybe I don't even know if he was 21 yet. But have you ever seen the photo of him in Fabulous? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put. I'm gonna throw this in the dime slack just to see what our uh, our buddy Martin how Martin reacts to like seeing this because Robbie's get some PTSD. But Robbie, thanks for coming on. Uh, to give everyone a plug about what we're you know what you and the crew are leading over at Dime and where people can find you. Yeah, man. Uh, Dime on Up Rocks. You can find our, our musings about basketball there. Um, you were doing stuff, news, highlights, breaking news, and good quality content from people like Chris Manning, Jackson Frank, Brad Rowland, uh, many people who are not myself. Uh, do Bill wonderful D. things. Bill D. Flippo once saw Bill Self in Las Vegas. That's right. <laughs> Is that Bill Self? No. Is that Bill a, Self? Yeah. Just a white guy with red cheeks, man. 
<laughs> Brady <laughs> Quinn jersey wearing Billy Filippo. Uh, everyone, have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Evan will be back. Hopefully, she'll be feeling better. Cavs play Toronto and they play the Knicks. So tough weekend ahead. But we get the Scotty Barnes Evan Mobley game. Uh, we get to see maybe Evan Mobley defending Julius Randle in in MSG on Sunday. Could be a ton of fun. We'll recap it all and more on Monday. Until then, it's been locked on Caps. Go Browns.